0: Okay, let's begin our discussion of this year's Parshas Noah Tav in Bays. First time, first uh, beginning of a cycle in a sense, even though last week we had the year on Breshas and the Sukkah, uh, but uh, this is the first on the regular Wednesday night uh, schedule. So Baruch Hashem, we're able to start our, our fourth Sidra, our fourth um, going around of, of the uh, Parshios, and Baruch Hashem is always an excitement in the air, it's Maver Sedra, the Rashis of old, the Rashis that we grow up with, and uh, today we get to discuss... No. So we'll touch on a number of well-known questions that we dealt with in the past, had different answers to, uh, to the questions. We'll start with the beginning. Beginning of the Parsha, Rashi tells us, um, going through the reasons for the Mabal, the reasons, what were the chatoyim that the Dora Mabel committed? The Gemara in Sanhedrin lists off a litany of the, of the sins. Rashi quotes uh, various parts of the Gemara. If you look in Perak Vav, Pasuk, Yud Gimel, right towards the beginning of the parsha. The end of the, of all flesh, meaning including animals, has come before me. And I have to destroy the world. Why? Kimala Haaretz chamas Mifnahem. What's Hamas? Rashi tells us Gezel. Gezel, a well-known question that we dealt with a number of years ago, and that is, why Gezel? Why was that the final straw? Out of all the kataim that were committed, they did a rayaz, zara, they did all the all the all the averis. And yet Gezel is the one that is chosen as as the final nail in the coffin of the Dura Mabo, and after that, boom, it has to be it has to be uh, destroyed. Right? Rashi quotes from the first, first source, maybe Rashi drushes chazal, Kimalah haaretz chamas, wonatam Zardinam El Alagazal. Zardin was the final straw. So why is that? So in the Yad Tori quotes to answer with another question first. Another question. Line 5. Quotes from the Rebbe of Heschel. There's another problem with this. If we think about the Mabah, what happened? Noach warned and warned and warned and warned and warned. Or Akadosh Baruch Hu warned and warned and warned and warned. Then boom, they were destroyed. We find a parallel in Halacha where there is, there are stages of punishment. You don't go directly, boom, to destroy the goof. We know from Parshas Tazria Mitzora that Chazal understand. When a Kohen wants to punish someone, he starts off easy. He starts off a little bit. Hopefully, we'll, we'll, uh, he'll get our attention by affecting something outside of us. A little closer. A little closer. We speak still keep speaking lashon hara, and eventually, if we're not listening and our and our spiritual antennas aren't on the right uh, channel, so we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be affected physically. But I asked the Rebbe of Heshol, Why did Hashem go directly to their gufim? Kaddish Baruch Hu does not go to the guf first. Like we find by Tsaras. Even though it's the opposite order in the Torah, but how it affects a person, Chazal tells us, is first on the house, which might not have ever happened the Gemara says Masaline Sanhedrin, but on the house. And then, if you didn't get the message, then Hashem affects our clothing. And if we didn't get the message by then, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu affects our bodies. But by the Mabu, directly to the Guf. Shebetchila boim, in general, by Tsaraz, al-adam nige batim, achar nige begadim, im yesh lo seich al if he gets the message, then he does shuva, vim lo and hanagam al-adam and eventually he gets to us. And yet here, by Noach, it went straight to the guf, went straight to destroy their physical bodies. Why didn't God affect their assets first? Take away their assets, like right? Similar to what happened with Eov. Right? First, the who took away everything, the Satan took away, I should say, closer, 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 until it finally went, until it got, got close to Eov. Right? So, why, why wasn't there a, a process here? Answers the Rebbe of Heshel, which answers both questions. Elwa, wine 13. God could affect a person's assets first before going to himself or herself if the assets are yours. If they're your assets, then Hashem could say, okay, I'm going to take away your assets first. So then, you could, uh, Hashem could punish you with the mammon first. And then you could have a kapara some some form of partial atonement through the, through the assets, and eventually it'll, you'll get the message. But here it wasn't theirs. Here it wasn't their assets. Everything they had was stolen. So Kodesh was going to affect Ruvay's assets to teach Shimon a lesson. that fair? Why is that fair? It wasn't theirs. Did it right? make sense to get somebody else's assets? That's why Kaddish Baruch Hu couldn't go to the assets, and that's why Hashem wouldn't have gone straight for them had it not been for all the Gazel. There was the Gazel. Okay, what could Kaddish Baruch Hu do? There was nothing to do. There was no. They didn't have their own. So right, they they stole others, but other people stole theirs. So therefore, Kaddish Baruch Hu had to. Go directly to the gufim of the of the people involved. Any he contrasts this to, to Ninve. Uh, there was also a cause of gezel, but they did shuvah and they returned the items that they had. We spoke about this a little bit of shuvah um, by the Anshe Ninve. Okay, but this is the um, thought going through the Dor Hamav. Remember, a couple of years ago we mentioned a different thought from the Chiddushi Arim. Why dafka gezel? Because he says gezel symbolizes using one's talents uh, not for the purposes that a Kaddish Baruch has in mind. HaKadosh gives us all kohos. And when we don't use it for the what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us, so we're stealing those kohos from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what we say in Ne'ilah. Right? We say, well, what do we pick to talk about in Ne'ilah? We speak about oshek. We speak about Gezel. Why? Because that sums it up. So what's, how does it, su- it... sums it up that we steal our, our, our kohos that HaKadosh Baruch, Baruch Hu graces us with. So that's that's uh, one idea for Gezel, though this year, and that is from the Rebbe of Reb Heschel about... That's why Kodesh Barakul couldn't, couldn't focus on, other, on the externals and how to punish them directly first. Okay. Now we get to a thought, a major thought from Rav Huttner. A thought that really is, uh, could be said any Shabbos, any, any occasion of the year. Uh, because it's really a deep message that, that teaches us uh, in our day and age, what is the purpose of a yeshiva? What is the purpose of a shul? What is the purpose of, of our even our homes? Rav Hutner tells us in a letter that's quoted here in the Says Rav Hutner, we live in a different generation than even just the previous one. And Rav Hutner wrote this 30 years ago. In a different generation, he was talking to young, young Talmudim. He said once in the sicha, Sha talmide yeshivos bidorainu. Chayovim Lahargish. Students in our yeshivas today. Again, he is going to specifically talk about yeshiva. I'm expanding it. It could can be expanded. And obviously he probably meant it too. Shules and our homes as well. Lahargish we must feel. Kiya Simcha Lushaus Benkosli Hayeshiva Bizmaninu. The tremendous simcha that we have to feel. About being able to be in yeshiva, and whether that means we're full time in yeshiva, or whether it means we're kaveh itim HaTorah and are able to go to a to uh, to have a chavruta once or twice a week, or go to a Shabbos afternoon shiur, or go learn in, in anywhere, we have to realize the, the tremendous simcha that we should have. What does that mean? Says Rav Hottner, is dvarav hiktim va'amar in nishba she'amru Lemishahu he gives a mashal. If somebody, if we hear about someone, if we hear about someone, that they either have to eat all the delicacies in the world, or they're going to starve to death. Well, realize something strange there, because those are two extremes. He has to have the fanciest food of the fanciest restaurant or he's going to starve. That usually doesn't go together. If somebody doesn't have the fanciest food, they'll have less fancy food. And there's a lot of gradations between eating the most fancy food and starving. So Cesar Putner, if you hear about from one extreme to the other, something, something doesn't, doesn't fit right. Something doesn't make sense. Normally, and hunger, and hunger, Usually it's two totally extreme, total, total, extremes, and yet when it comes to Yahadus, we're a, we're a nation of extremes. What does that mean? What does it say? A few places, but what time is in Shema. Ulam betar and Shalagabi shulagavichay Torah. What do we say twice a day? He shemulachen penitelavachem vavsartan. You go away from Hashem v'avaten alumachirim. Other gods. So pasukin be about this also by David HaMelech. Who's talking about Avodah Zarah? When you leave HaKadosh Baruch, when you leave the perfect service of God, that means Avodah Zarah? Torah, Torah, malachim. I stop learning. I stop availing my potential. Boom, I'm over Avodah Zarah? What do we mean in Shema? Im Shema, Tishmu, wonderful. And if not, I'm over Avodah Zarah. Says Rav Hutner, Ech Yuvan Adavar, we have to understand the human mind and the Jewish human mind and the human mahusa in our nature is that we are vacuums, and we are going to be filled with something. If we're not filled with kedusha, the Torah, the Torah, something else is going to get in there. It's not. There's no staying in the middle. There's no treading water in our spiritual lives. Nishmasa Adam enosovel es matzav The neshama of a person we can't tolerate. A matzav of head there, of nothingness, show reikanas emptiness. memewa imi reka Torah ismalis We're going to fill our minds with something. We're going to fill our, our, our souls with something. If it's not Torah, it's going to be something else. If we're not going to the Torah websites, we're going to go to all the websites. We're all going to websites. But what are the websites that we're going to? There's not too much neutral out there. And regarding our neshama, there's nothing neutral. That's what we mean in Tishmu. If we follow what a Brachu wants, we wonderful. We'll get all the Brachus. But if not. Because our lives should be viewed that the there's no vacuum. There's no emptiness. It's filled with something or with something else. Point number one. And now our footner says beautifully point number two. There are two types of structures that the Torah talks about. Two types of binyanim. What do people build? Okay, people build mizbechos also, right? Altars. But what type of structures have been built in the Torah that people lived in? Two types a mishkan, that was built, and a teva. Teva was also built, right? Our Parsha. What's the difference between the building of a Teva and the building of a Mishkan? What's the difference between the two? It says of Hutner, they're opposites. We'll read this inside in a second. They're opposites. A Mishkan is to focus on and protect the special, unique quality inside. There's the Aran inside with the Kruvim and the Kodesh Kadashim. The Mishkan... The focus is what's inside. A teva is protection from the elements outside. No to do with what's inside. a teva is all about have, able to able, being able to withstand the outside forces, the outside pressures, the outside weather, the outside waves of everything that might come against the teva. That's a big difference. You can build a mishkan and you can build a teva. They're for very different purposes it says referring to on line fifteen. In the Torah we find two types of buildings: the building of the Mishkan and the building of the Teva. Mishkan bonim kasher Mishkan a Mishkan everything else of the Mishkan can be wonderful. You can have the shifteka, the great Shvatim all around the Mishkan surrounding, and you can have the Levian and yet you still build something in the middle. You're not worried about anything outside. What's the purpose of the Mishkan? You need a special place to house the Kedusha for Hashem to be able to rest His presence. mishkan. What's the shorash of the word Mishkan? Shachan. Shchina. What does the word Shchina mean? They think the Shchina. What's the Shchina? Shchina means the Shchina should have a place to rest itself. Kavayachot. That's Mishkan. Both tevas in the Torah. Both the teva in our parsha and the teva in Parsha Shmos when Moshe was a baby. They were both to protect from the elements outside. That's the purpose of the teva. Put A and B together, says your footner. Number one, each of us as Jews, we either are to one extreme or to the other extreme. We either are Lashayim Torah or Rahman Al-Sad if we don't fill ourselves with Torah and Kedusha and Chesed. So other, other um, values fill our fill our psyche. Number one. Number two, two types of, of buildings. Mishkan and Mikdash. Cezar Futhner. What's the purpose of a yeshiva? What's the purpose of a base knessess? What type of building is that? Cezar Futhner, it could be that in earlier generations it was Mishkan. Mishkan, a mikdash ma'at, turning the page. Bidoros ha'kodmin, in the earlier generations, ha'yeshiva began the mishkan, ha'chayim Shemi shem Mishkan. la'mishkan, ha'yoaz takinim, outside it wasn't so bad, it was okay, but the purpose of the yeshiva, of the base Knesset was to have a place to house the Kedusha. But Cesar Futner, in our day, it definitely does and needs to serve the purpose of a teva also. Our yeshivos, our bate medrash, our shuls, even our houses have to be tevas for ourselves and for our children to protect them from external forces. We live in a day where you can be inside the house and the forces are already inside. But we have to do our best. To have our our structures function both as mishkan and as teva, bizvane line two. Ha yeshiva hiteva he yosom ichutz vateva yesh no mabel shall kviro amaratus. ameratzus ha meitzav eshodev a There's a flood out there. Vekulam below yotzi min a cloud yeshiva hina kiom tirkoves shekamosel omatzinu mayolam tiruv shall teva u mishkan. It's both, and we have to protect because if we're not protecting, then if we're not filling ourselves with what's inside. We'll be filled with what is outside. So our yeshivas, our batimedrash, our schools, right, and our um, and our homes even must serve both of these functions: the function of focusing on the kedusha within and protecting from the dangers without. Mishkan and teva. Okay, moving right along. So we have the Teva. The Teva comes um, after it's built and uh, Kaddish Baruch says take the animals 7 and 7, 2 and 2 and Noach is 600 years old and the Mabel starts. And They come to the Teva in the face of the waters of the mabul. Chazal pick up on that. What do you mean in the face? Was Noach a believer or a non-believer? But just the Derek Agav. Noah is probably one of the most ambiguous personalities in the entire Torah. Most people in the Torah, Chazal, generally agreed upon whether they belong on the good guy or bad guy side. Generally, it's pretty simple. There aren't so many people in Tanakh even that there are so many opposite ideas about them in, in Chazal. Right here. Who? Who's... okay. Maybe a Bilam is also pretty bad. Even though you look in the Torah, it doesn't sound like he's so bad in the Torah, but in looking in Chazal, he's terrible. He's wicked, he was killed later on. Obviously, that's where it came from, by the Midian. But most people are either Latov and Loran. Noach is one of the most unique personalities in that, Yesh Darshan Lashvach, Yesh Darshan L'shvach, Oh, he was great. Oh, he would have been like, Avram Avinu. So many Mepharshim deal with why, why would we choose not to view him in a positive light? Sadik Tamim Hayab Adorotav. So, Noach. Sounds great. Okay. Anyway, end parentheses. Back to the pasuk. From the kosher animals, or more precisely, from the pure animals, and from the animals that were not pure. Umina and from the birds. And all the bird, everything went The into Noah in pairs, and seven days later, there was the mabul. Chazal HaMesach HaMesach Dav Gimel. You have a quoted there in the little letters, the beginning of source 4. Pick up on the fact that the animals here are described as the kosher ones. We'll translate that for now. And the ones that were not kosher. It's better working the other way. The ones that were pure and the ones that were not pure. It doesn't say impure. Tahar and non tahar It does not say the word tamay, which would have been shorter we know every letter in the Torah is there to teach us something, and yet here it says, a on that. Source number four Adam A person should never have something magune. Something a little bit distasteful, a little bit Dav Maguna is very strong. Something disgusting. I'm, I'm, I'm minimizing the translation a little bit. But it shouldn't have any doubter maguna come out from one's mouth. Shahare, after all, Ikem Hakasov, shmona Osios. The Torah went out of its way and added on eight extra letters. A Nana Tahora compared to Tame. Daber Maguna Mipev Shinamar Behema So we learn from here the high standard in which we must express ourselves. Even though tameh doesn't seem to be such a bad word. Just teaches us the, the, the high standard, the fineness that a Jew must have in terms of speech. Not obviously the nivopa elements, but even the gray areas where the average person on the street might take certain liberties with certain words that are gray. But as Ovde Hashem, we have to make sure, even tahora. We have to make sure we have that high standard of Allah Mayotid Adam Dabram magunim Mipiv. The question that is asked on the Gemara. I gave it to you here from the Dubna Magid in a, uh, a collection from Me'ot Hayashan, which is an uh, old set that has a lot of uh, compilations. So there it is. It says Tameh plenty of times in the Torah. Once, it says, and the Chazal pick up, oh, you can't the It says the word Tameh 40 times in the Torah. Look at Shmini, right? Look at Parshash Tazriyam and It says Tameh plenty of times. So what is the, so the Gemara said a dar maguna there makshim halopamim rabos onu motzim as amilim tamei vetameya ovebneimal lo shinta ha torah l'shona b'kolos amamakomos velokasva lo bimkom tameya. What's the difference? If tamei is such a evil way to express impurity, no, say ineta tahora, don't say tamei. If it's so bad, so why they did always say that. So the answer that is said in the Olam Yeshivas, and then I saw it here with a mashal from the Dona Naga, but the way that it's said over, those of whom I'm have heard this, is that there's a difference between this time and all the other times. All the other times, it's a halachic context. It's teaching me, it's, it's, it's teaching me the halacha. The most important tafkid of the Torah in halachic context is to be exact in exactly what is the mitzvah and describe to us exactly what HaKadosh Kodesh wants from us. So there, Mameleid had to say, be exact. And it's more exact to say, tell me than the Tahorah. Only over here in the Hashgathic realm, here, the animals going onto the, onto the ark. You can say it any way you want. It's just describing the story. So there, the Torah chooses to say it in a way that teaches us the Musar Haskell. Okay, that's the way it's, it's said over by a number of achronim. I saw it uh, here in the mail story. He quotes the Mashal from the, from the Dubna Magid. Dubna Magid, a contemporary of the Vilna Gon in, uh, in Vilna in the 1700s. He quotes on line four. Hei sheva darco ka dar kao ha It was a Mashal. Bi-yir achas gar Yehudi ta-man-chacham gado ba-Torah va va-asher-muflag It was a fine Jew who lived in a town. He was a uh, ta He was He uh, was a... He was wealthy. In his neighborhood, there was a not-such-great Jew in his neighborhood. He was haughty, who also had money. And he was known as Bor. Bor is an Am Haaretz. That's uh, used in Chazal. So, there were these two people who lived in the city. One time, somebody from outside the city came to the Talmud Chacham's house and asked him. He asked for the address, the address of Rab Yassel. So the Misharis, one of the servants in the house, heard the guest asked his master, the Talmud Chacham, for the address of Reb Yassel, and he says, "Who oh, Yassel Boor?" You want his address? And the Tamar Chacham turns to his servant and says, How dare you? How dare you do that and express that? And Lashin Hara and Mevayish Prechavero, how could you do such a thing? He doesn't know, he doesn't even know this guy. He just asked for his address. What's your, what's your purpose? What's your purpose of calling him that? Fine, part one. Liachersman, at a later date. Ba vinechnas shadchan. Vahit at a Ashadchan came in to the Tamil Chachem and said, I have a great match. Has shachain reb yassel amar. Shulchat shalchaini verat sonal What do you think of the shiddich? The Tamil Chachem says, Ma, shani ashadechim yassel he says, not for me. All of a sudden, the Misharis turns to his master and says, remember, this is all the marshal. turns to his master and says, I don't understand. A few weeks ago, somebody came in asking for Yasala, and I called him by that, that name, and you screamed at me, and now you call him by that name. So he says, you don't understand. There was no purpose the first time. It was pure Lashon hara." There was no tachlis for expressing it. Here, I'm speaking to a shatran. A shatran has to know the true nature of the people involved. If he's coming to me to, to, to try to create the shatranis, he obviously either doesn't know me or doesn't know him. And I'm trying to enlighten him so that for the future he can find a proper shithub. There's a purpose for what I'm doing. I have to be exact. He has to know exactly who he's dealing with says the Dubna Magid, the Nibshal is right here. In Parshas Noach, there's no purpose in saying Tomei instead of the Torah. What is it so exact for? We're talking about a bunch of animals going on the Teva. So the Torah could be a little more flexible and describe it as Enanah Torah. Va'animshal hukkan, the Noach, line 19, v'menyina be'hemosh, talking about the animals. Ha'eshi mitzadah, dimlo chashavu. It doesn't have to be so exact. By all other times of Tahar and tameh, Where the Torah has to express tameh And the Torah is trying to warn the Jew to stay away. The Torah Datka wants to say tameh. The Torah wants you to think it's a Dabra Maguna. The Torah wants us to realize the pernicious nature of all of these items. That's why the Torah has to be exact there, because there's a tachlus to it. We have to say it in a clarity of, of, of Lashon. Why do you have to stay away? Tamei right? If there's a just la, la, lahav, just to give his mussel, like, oh, we're still thinking a little bit. When I read this first, I was thinking he still called him Yasla the Boar in front, of, right? But if we think about it, if we know there's al Islam, if we know if there is a an abuser, if we know if there is somebody who has such a character fool and there's somebody looking, we know that, It's not just hearsay, and we know so there's an achrayas to protect protect uh, protect one's friends. I'm not paskoning now. Every case is different. I'm not chas v'shalom. There's no halacha But just in our, for, on an emotional level, you have to realize the mashup to try to understand the mashal of the dumna If he's trying to, 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 to be exact in who marries who, so that's the mashal. just like the Torah has to be exact in the, in the mitzvahs and what the Torah is warning us about. Okay. Right. Very interesting thought coming up. Per Zion, pusik Yudbeis. How long was the marble? How long was the marble? The marble started, as we know. 40 days and 40 nights. The number 40, many have pointed out, is very significant in uh, Yahadus. There are many 40s. Right, 40 years in the Midbar and 40 days. Moshe was on Har Sinai three times. And a baby gets a status 40 days after conception and 40 days before the Yetzirah a Basco goes out and says who they're going to marry. 40, a unit of time. Unit of time, 40. Other 40s. But what's the formulation of the Pasuk? Aboim Yom, Varboim Laila. Unlike vayhi Ere, vayhi Voker. Here it's Ar-bohim Yom, Varboim Laila. Yom before Laila. Is that significant? <coughs> What, well, it just started raining by day? So it said, Rabbi Yom, Rabbi Laila. Says of Yaakov Kamenetsky, Pierce Rashi, he quotes Rashi, who says, Rabbi Yom, Ein Yom Imo." Rashi in a few places, you have to look at all the Rishonim here, working out the dates, when did the Mabel start, when did it end, according to the Shita that started in the Cheshvan, according to the Shita that started in, in uh, ER, all the different, um, uh, working out the dates of the and the Rashi and the Ramban deal with that. But we're going to go, we're not going to go into that now. Segev Jakob, line 3, near Be'er HaDove. Umeba shebiart bikhudshe la'al. As I have explained elsewhere, Sha'afa pishekfar farnechta v'el, vayhi erev vayhi voker. Howrish Even though we know it said during my separatio's last week's parsha, vayhi erev vayhi voker, which means how the night is the beginning of the day. As we know, every Jewish holiday, including Shabbos. Starts by night, by he Says Yaakov, The people of the world, including the Jewish people, did not know that concept and did not realize that until later on when Moshe gave them the Torah in Har Sinai and showed them. It says in the Torah, by That's when they saw the pasuk but until Matan Torah, as Before Matan Torah, day came before night. Even for Am Yisra. What did it say later on? Yom why? says of Yaakov? Adam When was Adam created? In the middle of day six. Day six he was created. When did he start counting how old he was? Today. I'm born today. Today's my birthday. But tomorrow, because of a okay. No, Friday's my birthday. That was the day I was born. That day. Adam was the first one to count. See, the day, the night. And that went all the way to Matan Torah, pre Matan Torah, day before night. Only after Matan Torah. When Moshe Rabbeinu showed them the Torah, and they said, Oh, oh and they learned down from Moshe Rabbeinu that that teaches me the night comes before the day in Halacha, except by Kachim. So that is, that is the message here. That's why the two Pesukim by the, by the Mabo. Talk about Yom before Lionel. That's Rabbi Yaakov. This concept helps us answer a couple of other questions as well. The Panam Yafis, which I think this is the second Panam Yafis that we have uh, been doing in the years. Panam Yafis is the Rebbe of the Chassam Sofer. He is the author of the Hafla on Xubis uh, on and the author of the Machneh on Mabsephes Kedushin. Panam Yafis is his Druzefer uh, on Chumash with Droshis. Says the Pan Ami office Yom V'lai Eloh Yishvosu. Simple question, which might have bothered us at uh, some point in our in our history. The Gemara says in Mesech Sanhedrin, Goi SheShavaz Chayiv Misa. A non-Jew is not allowed to keep Shabbos. Only two Mishas a non-Jew can't do. Can't learn Torah, which is not for now, and can't keep Shabbos. Goi SheShavaz Chayiv Misa. Amar Efuna, Afilo B'Shaini B'Shavos. Even on Monday, he can't keep Shabbos on Monday. Like we keep Shabbos, like you can't like not drive and not do malacha or as children call it, muksa. Everything is muksa for children. Like, a we do muksa today? Like driving a car is muksa, and o uh, is like oh, it's like it's we can do muksa. We can like uh, everything is muksa. Okay, but muksa had a uh, had mazel that we call everything muksa. Anyway, so if Huda says even if they make Shabbos into Monday into Shabbos, that's also us sir Two questions asked the ask the Panim yafis. Number one, why does the Gemara say even Monday? Why did it start with Sunday? Even Sunday? Why did it skip to Monday? Even Monday! What's what the What it just picked a day? It happened to be Monday. If you're picking a day, pick the first day. Even if it makes Sunday into Shabbos. Kasha number one. Kasha number two, asked the, pun in the office. We know the Gemara tells us in Yuma line six Nitna. The of us kept the entire Torah before it was given. Had they keep Shabbos? They were not Jewish. Okay, they were semi-Jewish. Maybe they were B'nai Noach plus. They were super B'nai Noach, which is a discussion in the Akronim. But Pashtas is they became Jews at Maimon Sinai. So, right, they were a in mitzvahs beforehand. Right, at most, how many mitzvahs did they have? They started off with uh, Seven so how many could they get all together Avram added a few and Yitzvah added a few and Yaakov and, and the Rambam says that Amram added one or two and okay how many did they have 20 that's not a Jew a Jew has 613 mitzvahs so they weren't Jews they asked the hafla how'd they keep Shabbos goysheh Shabbos chayim Misa so why doesn't Gemara say Monday and why goysheh Shabbos chayim Misa line 7 v'chieh sh'ma Shabbos shlo n'tz'tam how they keep Shabbos Lav, the yom balay lo yishvos sh'stav alav Says the Panim Yafis, using the Rabbi Yaakov's idea. He obviously lived 150 years before Rabbi Yaakov, but using the same exact idea, the near at the low kasha Before Matan Torah, the day was first, and then the night. The reality of the world before Matan Torah was day before night. Abram Avidu with his Ruach Hakodesh intuited the mitzvos, but he kept the mitzvos as they were going to be kept. See, so he kept Shabbos as Friday night through Shabbos day until. Say like a chavim on mostly Shabbos. That was his Shabbos, but at that time when he lived, that wasn't the definition of a day. When he lived, it was day and then night. So Friday, did he keep Shabbos? No, because he worked all day Friday. Shabbos, did he keep Shabbos? No, because he did on mostly Shabbos. And in his time period, pre-Mata the Torah, the reality of the world was, God did, wasn't Mechadish Vayerav yet, that was only after Moshe Rabbeinu. It was day and night. So Avram Avinu didn't violate God's Hashavos. He wasn't Shovei, Shabbos. Shabbos by definition is Vayerav Eivoker. That's Shabbos, Friday night and Shabbos day. Avram Avinu never kept that. He did keep that but it wasn't a, I'm sorry he did keep it but it wasn't a problem at the moment in history when he lived. Ach, amarok anishbarkamira va'etiz budashabacham ve'gulu. Uh skip a couple of lines. Keyim, uh line 17, keyim asimolach basofalaila. Well, what are all of Yom HaLaila you Shu shvisa shkola yom va'kolalaila shel achra. Ava smir shavizol avrimavinu. Haye kemosha ye'aqam at haTorah. Tarish yom Hoveh achra laila. Nimsa keyim stay no problem with the Avos keeping Shabbos. When, at that time period, at that time period, when would it have been a problem? Oh, let's, let's just continue for a second. Um, let's continue, because now he answers the other question. Elo Non Jews never got the Torah with Voker in it. So by non Jews, they're still in the same state of day the night, just like we were before the Torah. The existence of the world never changed for Gabi the non Jew. Only a Jew has the chiddush of voker Right? When does right by, by a non Jew? It's day the night. So for a non-Jew to keep Shabbos and violate, what's the first day of the first way that he could do that after Shabbos? Sunday and Sunday night. That's why it says Yom Shehni in the Gemara. It says Yom Shehni because he has to ha- have a Gemara on Yom Shehni in order to violate. You have to have day and then night when it comes to the non-Jews. Second column. That's why Rafhuna Dafka says, Afilu it means Sunday. But when does Sunday finish? So, we are, have explained why do the, do the Psukim are the Psukim formulated as they are. Right? If you give over this to our Torah, you can ask the question first. Why does the say, supposed Right? about Isn't it Lila before Yom? Question one. Question two, Gaisha Shavas Chayamisa. How do keep Shavas? Question three, why does it say Yom Sheni? I'll throw in another question that this answers. He has three pages. I just gave you four paragraphs. He answers one other question in the V'Ef on the left side. This is a, a Gemara that we've quoted in the past. Just to say it outside, the Gemara says in Zvachim Kufte Zayim, all the way at the end. Amazing Agadatah. The Gemara says at the time, we quoted this last year, Pasha's Yisrael. The Gemara says that at the time of Matan Torah, Bilam Arasha was around. And all the umos haolam came to Billam and they said, Billam, what is going on? What's happening? They were scared, right? There was roos, roamis Akolos, whatever. They were scared. They're like, is there another marvel? That's what they asked Billam. And Billam said, no, no. God said he's never, he promised already. He gave the Keshas, right? He's never going to bring another marble. So they said, oh, maybe he's not going to destroy the world through water. What about through fire? So Balaam says, don't worry about it. Hashem's just giving the Torah to his people. Hashem owes the Amoyite. And they said, really? Hashem, Ivarach, i That's the Gemara. Zachem Kruftah, Zaham, and the bottom. So, says the Panam Yafas, what's the Peshat of the Gemara? Why did they think the world was coming to an end? So we recorded in the past, last year, Yisra from Mila But the Panam Yafas says, no, a different shot. When the Torah was given, according to what we just explained, for the Jewish people, the whole reality of nature changed. Day night night day, it's a totally different world. When was the last time that nature changed in history? When was the last time there was a cessation of of total total chaos and a total t- change of, of reality by the marvel? So that's what the Ummah Salam go to Bilam and say, "What is going on here? evoke vayivoker matan Torah? What's going on here? Is it another marvel?" Answers says, Bill. No, it's just the Torah. We rejected it. We're one of the other nations, right? We don't want the Torah. Don't worry, it's just a kabbalistic of the Torah. The world is not going back to the Torah the bavahu. To the, the world's not going back to the state of the Mabul. Silver line fourteen over there. Everything's a package deal. Going back to the state of of of, pre, of the Mabul. He says it a little differently than I said it, but that's the uh, that's the message. Okay. So that's Yom Velayla. I just gave you a Binyan Zion. The Aruch HaNer and a tshuva, doesn't like this whole idea. Day before night, you can feel free to look at it. Source number seven, but we will we will continue and go further. Okay. So we have a Kaddish Baruch who's promised that Gemara actually leads us into the next thought. We have the the Mabul. Now we're going going past towards the towards the end now. We have the promise to uh, to Noah that a Kodesh Baruch Hu was never going to bring another Mabel. Hashem says to Noah, Parak Taz Pasuk Yud Aleph Vakimosi Mosi Es Bris Yitchem Vliyikaris Kal Basar Odm Me'am Never going to destroy the the world again. Although Yeh Odm Mabel L'Shachis Aris, there won't be any other Mabel. V'yomalokim Zozo S'ariv. This is my sign. What's the sign? Es Kashti Nasati Beanan. the rainbow, the keshet. Vaitalos Bris." This is going to be our treaty, our covenant. i put the clouds, you'll think a marble's coming, rainbow will be there. See a rainbow that you'll remember that I will never destroy the world. Almost every commentary asks why the rainbow? Why was that picked as the os? Was there never, a separate question, was there never a rainbow before? Isn't a rainbow a natural event? It wasn't part of my sub The Ramban and others deal with that question. No, is it the gemara? the, 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 gemar, the Mishas says in Perkyavos, the kashas is one of the things that will create by ban Why, that was created? Isn't just that a function of the rain and the clouds and the reflection and the sun? Okay, Kasha, right, getting into that now. But why the kashas? Something around bond quotes. This has come up in the past as well. Maybe it's, an, it's a backwards bow. When you fight somebody with a bow and arrow, right? you pull back and you shoot. What happens when you make peace and you're surrendering to each other? You go forward with a backwards bow. That's a sign of surrender. So the rabban suggests maybe that's what Kodesh Baruch is like a backwards bow, right? It's facing earth, the rainbow. And therefore, that's what as Baruch saying, I, I, I'm giving it I'm never destroying the world again. Okay, the rabban says that. We mentioned that a couple of years ago. But two other ideas quoting in source number eight, very excited to use this. Rav Rivlin, Rav Rivlin was in our on our shul last for our bar mitzvah. The Mashkiach of Kerem B'avne. So he came over after Shabbos. and gave me his sefer on Sefer braches. He has a number of s'arim out. So, so I got a quote from it this week. Just got it. So he has a couple of thoughts about the keshes. I gave you two. Gave you two. Source number eight. Mibira amikta olam rama. We find many mamore chazal that the rainbow is a symbol to the Shekhinah itself. Many parallels, even in the Halacha, many Mamarei chazal, And he quotes, Reishat Zadvar, describing the vision that Yechezkel saw, All right, the um, chariot of fire, Merkava, which we lain on Shvuis as a Haftorah. I never thought it was a coincidence, that dafka, the morning that most people are sleeping during the haftorah, do we lay in the ma'isim kava which is you know, one of the the deepest, hardest to understand? We Stay up all night learning, and we take a little snooze during haftorah. Maybe we shouldn't, but it's just a reality that uh, you know during ma'isim kava that's the morning that uh, that we're not focusing so much. Anyway, but in that haftorah, first parak in Yecheskel, haKeshes Asher be'anon BeAnan like thee. Vision of a rainbow that we see in the clouds on a rainy day. Whatever that means in a hitgashmut way, right? describing God in physical terms, it's a rainbow. There's something about a rainbow, right? Other Chazals. If somebody sees the keshes, they have to bow—not bow to to the uh, to the rainbow, but bowing as a recognition of God. Why La in And in Eretz Yisrael, they were very because It looks like you're bowing down to a rainbow. Be very careful. That's why the Mishnah quotes in Hilchas Rosh Chodesh comes up next Shabbos. By Kiddush Levana, by Kiddish Levana, the Minak of Kali Yisrael is to say Aleinu after Kiddush Levana. We said Aleinu three minutes ago in Shur. What are we saying Aleinu again for? The Bir quotes. So nobody should think that we're diving to the moon. We're talking to, right, we're not supposed to face the moon, we say, That's why we say, again, we said it three minutes earlier. We say it again, so nobody should get any uh, misconceptions. But that's what the, uh, why the Leba They, uh, because they didn't want Ba'wi. But you see that, obviously, the, but the, but the root of it is that there's a connection. Or, three lines to the bottom, Koshal I'll quote Kono, who is somebody who is not Makpid on the covenant of his, of his creator, Zamastaka so B'keshas. If we focus on, on, on And that's why the Chayotim even quotes, not a uh, uh, very uh, difficult halacha not to tell people when you see a rainbow. It's not in the Shulchan Mr. I've seen Rabbi Mugdolen that went to tell people about rainbows to go out to make the bracha. It's beautiful. You get to make a bracha, not, not just a little bracha. It's a six word bracha that you got to know by heart because you usually don't have a sitter when you see a rainbow. But uh, it's, it's beautiful. So even though, but, but you see from that halacha we're not supposed to stare at the rainbow too much. It seems because it, it's a it's. Some representation of, of a Baruch Hu. And he quotes a Zohar on the, ne- on the top of the next, uh, the next page. Either way, maybe a Keshes is this representation, and that's why I use that as a sign. Number one. Number two is an idea that's said in a number of uh, Svarim, in source number, in the source number 9 now. First, Rav Rivlin quotes from the Encyclopedia Britannica in Hebrew. He quotes exactly the definition of a rainbow. You can look it up. He quotes here. But what do all the different colors symbolize? The fact that you have Roy G. Biv, you have all the colors, it symbolizes, says Rev Rivlin, a message that Akadosh Baruch Hu had to teach Noach and his daughter, that he needed to realize, to be Masakain. to be Masakain, what exactly was the problem which caused a lot of the, of the difficulties. Line 16. hakashas Hametzayenes es hat hatzva'im, hamarkivim es hatzva halavan. It's all different colors which form a unit. It forms the entire gambit of colors. Bo a hazira saola michtoshodar amabel. It's warning. B'dorash ol noach kolachad chayla atzma. In the door of Noach, there was no achdos. The door of Noach, everybody was for themselves. Everybody was stealing. Everybody was stealing from each other. From Right, we said before, nobody had their own assets. Everybody's stealing from each other. There was no sibur. It was a total sinas generation. Says the says Rivlin. That's why Choss Brokel gave the cash. You want the model not to happen again. Everybody could be their own person, but you all got you got to be on the spectrum. You gotta be on the, on the, uh, you gotta be either red or orange, green, blue. You gotta be something, but you gotta, gotta be part of the unit. The kashas symbolizes diversity within unity. That's the kashas. And that's why he even says, why is it that the Gemara tells us that in some generations, there was no kashas because of the great, the or Rabbi Shuob bin Levi, other, other Amorayim? Because when there's a tzaddik hador that binds all Jews together, that's exactly the purpose of what the kashas is. He's the Ma'achid. And that's why. He's Zochep. Ki Atzadik at the end, Ma'achid is Kulom. U'memela ain't sorach the sh'taskir has a peer. You only the keshhes. Kulamu mu'uchadim Kemoatseva atzeva halavan ospris ha'keshes kare kulanul his his'alos Mel Sinashinam, chinam v'yosu kulom ha'guda achas lasas b'son ha'balei It doesn't add, but maybe it's not a coincidence either that we Dr. read about the keshhes the week after the last week or the first week, the first day of Cheshvan this year, but um, it's on our way out when we daven for we think about the Keshches as well. Okay, two more ideas. One is a story that I've heard in the name of a couple of Gdola, but as Rabbi Wine says, they don't tell these stories about me and you. So whichever gadol it's really about, no, you know, here it's quoted in the, the name of Rebionus and Iveshitz. Uh But I heard it about the Graw and about the Rambam, but either way, it's a story. The story is on the pasuk towards the end of the Parsha. Perak ches, not all the way at the end, but um, where are we here? When Hashem smelled, actually, it's going back in order a little bit. when after Noah built him his mizbeach, to uh, and a baruch who smelled kaviyachol the rech and he Hashem says, "Lo osav akala ores, adam bavro adam kietzer leif haadam rami nu what can I do? Man As the Sahara? What can I do? The the Hakos is called Chai Kasher Says the Imre Amis, the Gerar Rebbe, source 11. This is from the Yagel Torah. Adam What does the Torah tell us? Mankind, man or woman, we always have to be on guard. There's never a time in life that we could say, I'm good. I'm good. I've conquered that. I don't have the eight sahara for that. Um, I'm protected. We can never be totally trustworthy of ourselves. We always have to make sure that we're living a focused and careful life. Where do you see? It? Based on the pasuk, ki It doesn't say any anywhere. But if you're Moshe Rabbeinu and if you're Moshe Feinstein, then you're good. No, ki yitzah adam It's even the, even the greatest. Right, the Gemara says even Gadol So the uh, Imrayemet, the quotes here from the Yagel Torah, the story from Yonos and Aybishes. There was a machrokes and Austria. He was close with the, the, the king of Austria. sorry, There was a machrokes between the officers of the king. They said you could change your nature. Person could change their nature. Rabbi Reb Rabionas Shlomo said no, there's a certain nature that we have on a national level. Let's get to it. We'll get to it on a personal level in the in the second half in a minute. But uh Rabbi Tabasha says, no, everybody's born with a certain nature. If I'm a type A personality, that's me. And I gotta deal with it. And I gotta channel myself properly, as we'll get to. But they would say, no, 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 you can be mashan and the Teva. So, what what happened? So if the story continues. There are some details here that are unique to this version of the story in Source twelve. Ribonasan forgot about the whole st- he said, they said come back in three months and we'll prove it to you, son. He was like, Okay, I'll come back in three months. He forgets about the whole thing, he goes to learn. And and on the day before he was learning there was a little mouse that kept bothering him. He kept jumping up onto his Gamara, so finally he like caught the mouse and put it in his pocket and he says, Okay, good riddance. And he forgot about it, then he goes to the He's, all the, he's learning, and all of a sudden, knock on the door. got to come back to the king's, king's palace. Like, what? i bet for once. He's like, don't you remember? Three months ago, we said, we'll prove it to you. We'll prove that you could change your nature. He's like, oh, okay, it's fine. So he goes back. He goes to the king's palace. If you you have to remember, was one of the sharpest in history. We've quoted thoughts of his before. So he goes to the palace, and all of a sudden, he sits down next to the, uh, the Austrian king, who obviously wanted to prove this Jew wrong, even though he was close with him. And all of a sudden out from the from the dining room come waiters. But who are the waiters? Cats. Cats who were trained to stand on their hind legs and carry trays and wear bow ties and be very dainty and picture perfect. They carry out the the appetizer and they clear and they keep saying, You see this? Look, a Teva. You change nature. Look, these cats, they're not on their hind legs anymore. They're standing up. They're beautiful. They're amazing. So, Rav son, Are, aren't you proving wrong? He's like, no, no, no. Don't worry. Not yet. They bring out the mane. They bring out the soup. They bring out the mane. We could even tire this uh, story as much as we want. Lamai and Levi says, we could guess what happened. So, it's already dessert time. It's dessert time. So, like, Rav knew. No? All of a sudden, Rav says to himself, one minute, he reaches into his pocket and all of a sudden he opens up the bottle in his pocket. He turns over his pocket. And all of a sudden there's Bedlam in the dining room, and the cats are no longer on their hind legs, and they're jumping and pouncing and racing and San Sanaibasid says, I was not proven wrong. Once a cat, always a cat. There's a certain nature of of who we are. And of Avion said, We can't change that. We always have to be on guard. And if that applies on a national level, we can also for sure say it applies on a personal level. This is a uh, well-known thought of the Vilna Gon, it's in Mishle, in his commentary on Mishle, in Source 13, on the (laughs) Pazak Chanoch Lenar Apidarko Gamki Askinlo Yesur Mena, the Gret tells us that each person is created with a certain type of personality, a certain type of demeanor, a certain type of you know, there are mourning people, there are Evening people, there are more uptight and less uptight. There are more relaxed and less relaxed. We have to do our best to follow all 613 mitzvahs. We can't say, oh, I have this personality so I'm a night person so I don't have to get for pashah. It's more of a challenge for us, maybe, but we have to follow all, the, all, the, all 613. But says the grove, we have to realize that by ourselves and also, obviously, raising our children it's impossible says the grob to change, to break our derech what does that mean he's not talking about it. you can't do tshuva you can't change it like the Gemara said in Shabbos if somebody's born under this constellation blank. if somebody's born under Mars he's either going to be a shochet or a moel or a murderer right? it's up to the person but in a certain nature he's going to deal with blood it's up to the person what kind of blood he's going to deal with that's what the Gemara gives the example. But we could be a tzaddik, or a rasha, or a benoni, right? It's, uh, it's the, uh, a moel is a tzaddik, and a, and a butcher is a, is a benoni, and a murderer is a rasha. That's what the Gemara gives those examples. But, says the Gra, it's all up to us how we channel ourselves. But there's something basic about us that we can't change. So on a national level, ki etzalei we have to realize we have to always be on guard. Until mayav asrim, like the cats, Right. Once the mouse is there, you know. Once the Yitzhahara, Once there's something that that grabs us, so we're going to go back to being on on our on all fours. But also, personally, says the Gra, each one of us has a certain nature, and we have to channel that to serve Hashem Baruch Hu with it with. And that's what he says on line 17. I have to read the whole thing. We have to, uh, educate our children according to, the, to his ways. So we have to go with, based on the teva of the child. And therefore, Gamki as kin, even when they get older, they won't, they won't turn from it. Excuse me, because they will be, they will be educated in that way. Okay, that's the Torah, Adam ramin Just to end with one final short thought. And that is, as we know, Noach, when he came out of the Teva, oh, that was one of the first actions that he did. He built a vineyard. Vayachal Noach Ish Ha'adama Vayitakarem. He planted a vineyard. Unusual Lashon. Vayachal Noach. What's Vayachal? What does Vayachal mean? Vayachal Noach. Unkelis Vishare Noach. Gvar. Sharei. Rashi. Asa Atzmo Chulin. Vayyochel. He made himself chulin. Shahaya lo A vine first. Vine means grapes. Grapes means wine. Wine means drunk. Which we know what happened. So why a vine first? Asa atzmo chulin. Says Rav finishing off for the evening. Chulin always means, in contrast to kodesh. You have kodesh and you have chulin. Says, what does Rashi say? Rashi doesn't say, ah, oh, he built a vineyard, terrible. Rashi says, So much could be reflected in the order we do things in, not just what we do. Let's say we have four things to do. What goes first? Our value system determines what goes first. Okay, the plant of Vineyard. Wine, maybe there was Nasachim for the Mizbeach. Ki the name of the Mizbeach? What is the name the Mizbeach? What is the name of Whatever we do first, that's where we are. We have to do three things. One involves a mitzvah, one involves a devar one involves just something fun I want to have. What do we do first? What do we do first? The last two words, Rabbi Yerchem says, vahadvarim mavhilim, and the thought should scare us. Meaning, we should always have our priorities, not just in what we do, but in the order of what we do them. If We have a bunch of different errands to do we should do the one that is most kadosh first to make sure that one is taken care of. Right? Why is it? Because what we have to do is we do first. right? If there is homework to do, we try to tell our children, well, why don't you do first what you have to do and that's what you want to do. But they, don't want, they want to do first what they want to do and if they don't get to do what they have to do, okay, what could I do? I didn't have time to do it. But we have to view that in our children and ourselves. Again, it takes a mature person right, to, to think that way. That's why it's so difficult. But we have to do first, what we do first is what we want to do. So we have to make sure, as it says in Perkei Batel Ritzon-No, Ritzon-Chem, they Ritzon-No, and Ase Ritzon-Chak, Ritzon-No. That's what we have to learn from Noah in terms of the order. Okay, we'll stop here. B'Chem, we will stay to from next week in our meeting of, the end of this week's parsha, but our meeting of Abraham Avinu.